Hello, and welcome back to the FEZ Show. I'm Jack George Maynard, and Happy New Year, everyone. So in today's show, we've got quite a bit to talk about, actually, because we've got Maserati, who have joined Formula E, so we'll get into the grips of that and find out what that means. And also, we've got to look at testing, because it's been a while since testing, but we haven't done a show, actually, since testing, so might as well recap that. And we've got Mr. Pickering, who I'll introduce now, who was at testing. So we've got the man to tell us everything ahead of the Saudi Arabian E-Prix, which is only two weeks away now. It's already two weeks away from the start of the season. So plenty to discuss in today's show. I'm joined, obviously, by Jack Pickering and the wonderful Edward Hunter. Boys, how are we? I'm, I'm going to have to stretch my mind back. It feels like a very long time ago that I was in Valencia. But um, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's uh, great to be back. And uh, yeah, just two weeks to go to the start of the season. Uh, I cannot wait for this season. I think it's going to be a great season, not just for Formula E, but also for us. Yeah, I'm really excited too. Of course, I'm very, very excited for Saudi Arabia as ever. Wink. <laughs> uh, but um, but uh, yeah, anyway, there's like a gun pointed to the back of my head. Um, <laughs> but uh, any, but uh, I am also really excited for the news we've got to talk about because we've got a lot, haven't we? Haven't we, Jack? Yeah, we got a lot, and I suppose we'll, we'll we'll start with the first one, which this one I think came out of the blue. I don't think we were really expecting a a, a new OEM effectively to to come into the series with Maserati. So I thought first initial impressions, Pico, on on the Maserati news. I think obviously it's great for Formula E, came out of nowhere, but kind of the good news story that Formula E needed going into the season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've just come off the back of losing two German manufacturers in Audi and BMW. At the end of this season, we're also losing the Mercedes team. And so, yeah, I think it's fantastic that we're going to have Maserati coming in uh, uh, next season. Next season, they won't be an OEM. However, they will will get that sooner than later. Uh, It's looking like they're going to use DS powertrains for the first season. Um, and yeah, it's looking like they're going to take over that Mercedes project. So they're going to be the team that it looks like they might be team Brackley next season. Um, but yeah, it's, um, uh, it's, it's absolutely fantastic because obviously we were going to lose another team at the end of this year. And so that's kind of saved it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it was kind of in the works, but no one was really, completely 100% sure that it was going to happen and then obviously Tuesday they they uh, sprung that surprise on us um so yeah I think it's fantastic news for Formula E and uh can't wait to see them next season Ed thoughts I have a few um okay <laughs> well obviously I'm with Pico in that it's probably good news for Formula E because the last time an OEM electric or manufacturer of any kind tried to join Formula E was Mercedes back in 2017 and they're already leaving at the end of this season so uh, yeah definitely need some good news haven't had much Italian representation on the grid since Trilly GP folded at the end of the first season and now I have a proper Italian manufacturer which is great it's been something we talked about on this show before about the potential of Ferrari joining and we always said it was very unlikely Ferrari would actually join what was more likely was a sort of more closely associated brand like Alfa Romeo or as it happens Maserati would join and that's sort of what's played out of course the link is uh, between Ferrari and Maserati's um, Fiat essentially the Agnelli group uh, uh, family the Agnelli family I believe has like shares in both and there's these very close links between the two companies 
of course, Maserati hasn't raced in open wheelers in a long, long time, not since Fangio won the Formula One championship in the late 50s. Uh, but it's very, it has had success in like GTs and other categories, but a bit more recently, like within the last 10 years or so. So certainly it's not something that the group, uh, the brand is normally associated with, but certainly uh, out of those like electric vehicles altogether, which is a new territory for them. But this has all come about because of the Stellantis group, which is basically a merger between uh, the Peugeot Citroen sort of conglomerate PSA in France and uh, Fiat Chrysler which is of course the Italian side of things. So um, so yeah, that's where the DS uh, link that Pico was talking about has come from because DS of course already with Tachita and now Maserati coming in with the links with their parent group, they've got an existing powertrain to use. Of course, it's a pretty short gap between this announcement and the start of Gen 3 season nine. The testing is gonna be like the end of this year basically or middle of this year, depending on how you look at it in terms of time. But uh, so I think um, great news for Formula E, good news for Maserati. Let's hope they stay for a long period and that they uh, can get a great team underneath them. I agree with Pico partly that I think they're going to partner up with an existing team because of the time frame. I don't think it will be Mercedes or what's currently Mercedes anyway. I think it will be a team more like Venturi. Because remember, Pico, when you were at testing, you asked your own what powertrain Venturi were going to use for Gen 3. He gave a very kind of evasive answer to the words to the effect of that will become clear in the fullness of time or something like that. I'll tell you when we're ready, basically. And uh, it seems now now things have changed. We know a bit more. Maybe Jerome will give us a more clear answer next time. Sounds very much like Jerome D'Ambrosio, though, doesn't it, right? With his, his way of words, right? Um, yeah, I, I do. I think it's a good news story. I think Formula E needed something, right? It's been doom and gloom for ages in Formula E well, it's just like one battering after another. So we needed something positive, I think, going into season eight. But we're talking there about the potential Pico. I'll go to you first. About are they gonna come okay as an OEM first, potentially using the DS powertrain, then possibly then having their own powertrain. Are they gonna take a team spot or are they gonna take the vacant spot that Aldi's left? That's a good question. And then maybe where does this leave McLaren? Like, you know, if Maserati have come in, does this mean this McLaren deal is not going to happen? Is it going to happen? What do we think? Well, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Apart, uh, if, if they replace Mercedes, so if they do replace Mercedes or Venturi or someone like that, um, uh, then there is still that extra two slots on the on in, in the field that, that, that they can use. So McLaren, they can come in if they want to. I feel like they need to make a decision kind of soonish, um, but uh, uh, but yeah, for, uh, I, I, here, here and now it's looking unlikely. But then again, we weren't really expecting the Maserati news, uh, so yeah, I think I think it's something to keep an eye on um, as the season develops. But uh, yeah, they, we uh, yeah they they won't be a manufacturer for next season because obviously that list. Uh, I think that list is officially confirmed in a couple of days' time. Well, this video might be out by then, but um, it's looking like we're going to have very few manu- uh, OEMs next year, so they're going to have to get a customer powertrain as well. Which makes sense, we, we, as we said with the DS link. Um, so, Ed, what do you think going for McLaren? Then? Because you were, I think, hinting more that they might, you know, the very good tie-up that McLaren and Mercedes have, I think you were sort of hinting that you're assuming that McLaren, if they were to come, they might take over that Mercedes role, whereas Pico thought maybe the other way around. 
Yeah, I think that would just make a bit more sense to me with especially Mercedes supplying the powertrain to McLaren in Formula One. There's that historic link that they used to be effectively the works Mercedes squad in Formula One since like the mid nineties all the way through to obviously two thousand ten when Mercedes came back as their own factory team. And uh I've I just don't quite see I think there's a little bit of a conflict of interest with uh, Stellantis. Uh, with Mercedes not really being part of the group and all those engineers and staff and even some of the drivers they're contracted to Mercedes so I feel like when Mercedes pulls out they're more likely to try for Mercedes somewhere else rather than uh, stay with whatever the team becomes there'll still be some assets of course that might still be lying around I could see someone else or Mercedes, the team could even carry on independently as a sort of um, customer team but I don't quite see them partnering up with Maserati I could see McLaren potentially stepping in there. We haven't heard McLaren were originally supposed to make the announcement on whether they're taking up the option or not at the end of last year, and they've delayed that to Q1 of 2022. So at some point in the next couple of months, you'd assume. Uh, the noises we've been hearing at McLaren seem a little bit kind of, especially since Mercedes pulled out, they've been a bit kind of, oh, is this really going to be successful for us? They announced they were going into Extreme E for the coming forthcoming season so that's sort of underway and they've made announcements for that but it doesn't sound like they are as enthusiastic as they were when they signed that option last year so fingers crossed Mc mclaren something does happen that makes mclaren change their mind maybe this maserati announcement might be the good you know kick up the uh up to proverbial to <laughs> to speed that process up but uh either way i do hope the decision gets made soon and uh I hope somebody takes up that 12th slot because it would certainly be nice to have a full grid again. Yeah, because I think when we were talking about Gen 3 and, and obviously for next season, I think the deadline is actually around about this week time. Um, it's it's not random about January. Uh, Pico's got his hand up and I don't know what his hand up's for. Pico, come in. I was going 1-5, 15. 15. Ah, oh, it's the 15th, it's so it's two days away. I knew it was this week. I just, the date had escaped. Somebody me. has not played Zoom charades in a while. Yeah, I was like, oh, what? I was like, what? It's like, just, just speak. It's, it's, it's not hard. <laughs> but anyway, so on the 15th, so as I said, that's two days away from us recording. So by the time that this video is out, right, the deadline to for McLaren to actually say that they're going to come in to season three, uh, season three, <laughs> go back in time, season nine, um, it's very soon, so they've got they effectively the decision should have been made by now, pretty much. Unless Formula E, without us anyone knowing, has given McLaren a delay, so it has to come in. But maybe McLaren have a bit of extra time, and, and the announcement might come, let's say after Diria, for example, um, or there may be a TBC slot. You know, we know Formula E love a TBC slot um, for one of their man for the, for the calendars and so forth. So that'll be interesting. And I thought. I thought something else to discuss, which has also been a slight good news story for Formula E, is that, talk about Gen 3, they have released these mock-up pictures of this Gen 3 car, and we've sort of got a look at it. And the first, uh, for me, it's becoming more like a spacecraft. I don't know, Pico, what you think, and I'll get your views on, on the pictures that we've seen so far, and they were sort of, they cropped up again with the Maserati launch, and I was thinking with those, like, they look like these big back wing like like sticking out like this i just feel like which is kind of what formula e wanted they wanted this kind of futuristic look and my, from first glimpses i'm really seeing more of that you know sci-fi futuristic spacecraft look that looks like we might see with this gen 3 car what did you make of the pictures pico when you saw them 
Well, they timed it absolutely beautifully in terms of the, when they released the Gen 3 um, uh, fixtures. Because, I, I, and I, I remember this clear as day, it was the evening before Media Day in Valencia. And so, going into Media Day... Like everyone was like, oh, did you see the did you see the car last night? Yeah, so so yeah, there was so yeah, there was lots of murmurs going around Valencia. You're like, oh, this is. It was like it was cool. naughty pictures, wasn't it? It was like, yeah. did you see the car? Like, did, yeah. you, did you see what you saw? <laughs> like, did you see it? Like, did you see it? Like, yeah, I yes. did see it. Oh yeah, keep it on the download, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously we won't be seeing like it, we won't be seeing it properly. I think we'll probably see it in that two-month gap that we've now got between Mexico and Rome, whether they're going to show it in the flesh in Rome or whether like they're just going to do an online release like they have for some others. But, um, but yeah, it's... Uh... Um, uh, but yeah, it's obviously it's exciting because this is where we're heading for. This is the last season with this current generation of car, so it's so it's it's really exciting what we're going to have for next season. Um, but yeah, I I do completely see like yes, it does it. I, I'm I'm starting to see these like more kind of jagged lines kind of thing that 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 go around. And, like when the Gen Two Evo was uh, released a few years ago, and as and as has been well documented on this show over the past two years, I really liked the the look of that car. But I know that the Gen Three is going to be nothing like that. So I feel like this has been a departure from what the Gen Two Evo was supposed to be. Um, and so I think we are going to have something new for Gen Three, uh, but yeah, I, I can't wait to see it in um, in uh, the first part of this year. Yeah, um, the one thing though, talking about that Gen Two Evo car, Ed, I, I'm expecting to be part of this Gen Three car is the removal of the wheel arches or the wheel covers, right? Because there was a huge sort of you know push that Formula E cars were a bit too strong; they were banging into walls, and if they didn't have the wheel arches or the wheel covers as such, then you know we'd have to have this cleaner driving so maybe promote some cleaner races rather than some of the i wouldn't say crash fesses that formula e i would say has had but you know just to sort of promote better racing yeah we have seen quite a few races where the wheel arches have um fallen off due to minor contact and they've had to sort of just continue on with exposed wheels anyway um that happened a couple of times in the last couple of seasons with gen with the gen 2 car um and yeah certainly the preview shots we've seen the car to me it looks very much a bit like a arrowhead a little bit more uh especially without or the sort of different rear wing that it's got of, of course we we can only really speculate of the darker parts like uh pico alluded to they were all all the big wigs in formula e were given a little peep show in a little garage somewhere in valencia so <laughs> we weren't part of that unfortunately but uh but yeah, certainly the wheel wheels aren't covered on top. The front wheel, front wing, it looks like, does have a little bit of sort of sticky uppy bits, if I can, to use a technical term, <laughs> that sort of uh, covers the front of it. But certainly it's going to be a little bit more in that sense of having a more open wheel looking car rather than what we have at the moment. It's going to look a little bit more traditional single seater, but certainly the wings will be a little different. So far, it's sort of reminded me, and I'll probably be proven completely wrong, of like that old... Lotus, I forget which Lotus it was called, but it's when they went to Indianapolis with what looked like a bit like a sort of aerodynamic doorstop. It looks a little bit like that to me with a few sticky up bits on the front wing so far, but of course I can't see most of it because it's in darkness. So I'm, again, I'm, I'm speculating, but uh, I, I like the look of it so far. It's exciting. 
it's uh, a little bit annoying not to see the full thing just yet but i know formula you do like to keep us in suspense so uh, i'm sure it'll be worth the wait i think we all have to eat a few more carrots so we can see through the darker bits right so um more vegetables or just bake it more, on instagram or whatever more, these more, yeah more vegetables for the formula rezone team um let's talk testing then right because i know mr pickering you were there right so you're the man right you are you're our news beat guy um firstly how was testing for you like how did you enjoy the experience and what did you learn what did you what did you find interesting because obviously the, the new qualifying format was was tested so maybe let's talk that what did you make of the new qualifying format and because you are one of the only people who have seen it in the flesh so far yeah, no, I am quite privileged to have seen the qualifying format in action, and 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 I have heard uh, from a few drivers on their thoughts on the on what they want to do because there was a press conference uh, that uh, there were press con that was done on the Monday, and there was press conferences throughout the week, so uh, we, which you can watch on the Formula E Zone channel. So don't click off yet, but you know, look at it after. Um, yeah, so it was um uh so yeah it it, it was a very testing week for me. There was. Like at the start of it, everything that could go wrong did go wrong, and then it kind of like quietened off. And then, uh, but it was still a fun week. It was still great to be back in the paddock uh, for the fir- it's first time post COVID that I've been back in a motorsport paddock. Uh, but yeah, I was the thing that did intrigue me most was the new qualifying format. So we, I mean, it, we we we've been over it before, um, but. I'm sure people won't properly understand it until we get to uh, well until we get to the first race in Deria. As soon as you see it, you completely understand. But it um uh, but yeah, it does it does take uh it it does take a lot of learning. So basically, there's two there's two sessions of what's now 12 minutes. It used to be 10, but they they tried 10 and but they've now changed it to 12 um because it was too short uh because they do a tire change halfway through the session so we're going to have pit stops in qualifying so because uh, because of the rule where you have to set a lap time in the first 5 minutes uh it means that it it it, it means that they're going to put new rubber on later in the session so that they, so that they can try and get that quickest time which puts them in the best chance possible when it gets when when they get to the playoffs because the playoffs are done uh like like in a football um like in the football world cup so the highest seeded one goes against the lowest seeded one from the other group and then so so it's a1 versus b4 a2 versus b3 b3 versus uh, yeah, no, I've lost it now. Anyways, so yeah, so basically, highest seeded one in one group, lowest seeded one in the other group. You just work out like that, and then it kind of makes sense from there. Uh, what, uh, one of the main things that was tested about that was how long a gap to leave uh, between each car. So basically, in uh, in Valencia, they left five or ten seconds between each car. Whereas when when speaking to Robin Frines um, a few days after. Um, he was like, no, it needs to be thirty because ten was too too much. Because like, even though Formula E cars don't have that much dirty air, they still get caught up in it. I feel I feel like I've I feel like I've explained it far too much. I need to let someone else speak because right. Yeah. So I think from so from your just to sum up your your recollection or however you described it. So the first part of the session is very much like F one in my opinion in terms of you've got two groups in terms of 
you know, and you're you're qualifying to get into a certain to the next stage, right? And if you don't make that cut to the playoffs or the quarterfinal, semi-final, final section, that forms your grid, right? So basically, you're trying to qualify to get into Q3 effectively, right? And if you don't make it into Q3 from your Group A or Group B, your lap times are then merged together, and that forms your grid spot. And then, as you said, from there, then you go into the playoffs. Is that right, Pico? Almost, almost. You almost got it right. So it's a bit like F2 in Monaco. So it's whichever group is quickest gets the odd side of the grid. So that's 9 to 23. And then the slower side gets 10 to 24. Apart from that, spot on. Perfect, right? So there we go. Tweaks and tweaks here and then we get there. So that makes sense. So the fastest group gets the higher side and then the slower group gets down to 24th effectively so if you're in the slow group and you're last in the slow group you will be starting last and if you are the slowest in the fast group you'll be starting well not 24th 20 20 it's uh 22nd and 21st now i believe um with the with the lack of audi no more it's so sad that audi have gone right all these numbers everything has to change um but yeah but interesting but one thing ed i want to talk about now is is this we say this every season and i'm guilty of it is it going to be the closest season ever in Formula E? And I'm going to say this because we have to remember, now people may have forgotten that the hardware from season 7 into season 8 has not changed, right? So it's exact the, the hardware, the, the, the powertrain effectively that left Berlin all the way back in August, can you believe it, right? will be stuck going to Diria and was tested in, in November. However, the software, so all the teams can do is what they can do pretty much during the season is update the software. So considering that the hardware's stayed exactly the same, we had such a tight season last season, every team got a chance to sort of improve their car software-wise. Wise. Surely this is going to be the most competitive season ever. Could we see the likes of Dragon, Neo? fighting up there for a podium do you think it's possible do you think points are on the cards more often for those types of teams or do you think actually no because they were still slow last season they're still going to be slow and it's going to be the exact same teams as it was last season fighting for the championship i know this is formula e jam but it sounds like we are veering into the uh the territory of miracles and fantasy there if uh well, i know dragon did get a podium last season but that was exceptional circumstances in valencia which I think Formula and uh, fans of Formula in general would rather forget, in all honesty. Uh, apart from Nico Muller, of course, because but uh, sadly he's not in the sport anymore. Um, I do think both of those teams could probably score a few more points. I certainly think uh, Dan Tictum and Tony Giovinazzi haven't signed up to completely out uh, out of their outfits, and certainly with they've they've got a season under their belt using the powertrain, so at least know how to get a bit more performance out of it. Uh, certainly with the new qualifying format it's there's you're not going to get um neo or dragon qualifying into super pole quite as often as we saw on occasions last year where we'd get some sort of almost kind of freak results you're going to see the more efficient the more the faster cars and the drivers that are really good at this specific um dual format like da costa supposedly has always sort of excelled and he did really well at monaco last year he got pole, pole position there narrowly from Vrines. Uh, so I expect the Costa to really excel in in this kind of format in the in the DS to cheetah, but uh, certainly in terms of overall competitiveness, um, I don't th I don't think you're entirely wrong, Jack. I think um, I certainly think Nissan they were the last to introduce their powertrain. They had a lot of chassis issues 
for Bohemi. They've got Maxi Gunter joining them, who did win a race last season in New York. Exceptionally quick driver. So certainly, I would hope Nissan to the, would do a little bit better this season. Although they have lost Oliver Rowland, of course, to Mahindra. And I think I think Mahindra will be a bigger threat this season, at least to start with. Because what we saw last season was they ended quite strong. And uh, as they go, sort of got on top of their powertrain and sort of figured out their strengths and weaknesses. So we're going to see a sort of season seven part two uh, with a slightly different qualifying format, I think would be a fair way of putting it. Pika, I just want to veer back slightly to the qualifying system because I've got one question that's come to my mind. Do we think, you know, like in Formula One, the cream rises to the top, you know, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, they're there, thereabouts, first and second, they're always there. Right, you know, and you get the good drivers like Lando Norris's of this world, the George Russells, who were, you know, who might sneak a, sneak a top four, Charles Leclerc, for example, Carlos Sainz, who might consistently be up there, and those who it's sort of. Whereas in Formula E, the qualifying was so random. So, do you think this new system will enable the cream of the crop to rise to the top? Yes, short short answer is yes. Um, I think that was the main issue with season seven. Um, because the the cream was never able to rise to the top with um, with with the field last year. Whereas when we've done it over previous years, um, it hasn't been as the the qualifying format wasn't as effective like as it was last last season. Everyone saw what we'd been trying to do for the past six seasons and doing everything with that with with the unfair track advantage and stuff like people saw it beforehand but didn't think much about it until last season when it properly got like well we went into last round with 18 drivers still with a shot at the title so I'm that the that's that so that's why they've changed this qualifying format and yes I think the cream will rise to the top um I, I completely agree with Ed that you are off your nut on the fact that Neo and Dragon are gonna do anywhere well. I think and I think that the fact that we got this new qualifying format it means that they're gonna struggle even more because they won't have that track advantage to try and to try and get themselves up the field. We won't have them uh, Oliver Turvey and Santiago moments when he when he somehow got that Neo with a one year old Penske engine into the in, into the Super Bowl session, we won't have those moments like that anymore, um, which is a shame because they were special moments. But it wasn't it, it wasn't exactly fair on on other drivers. So yeah, it's um yeah. I, I however I do expect that going into the season, it's still going to be as competitive as the last. We're still going to have. Uh, I think that we'll probably still have a fair few drivers going into the final race still with a chance to win the title um well i'm hoping that i'll head to seoul and there'll be like seven people i'll go like oh you can win the championship this weekend how are you feeling about that because i think i think that's kind of the number you want like you want a few people you don't want you don't want 18 but you want a few people to be able to win it and 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 yeah i think uh i think we've got a really good season in uh it's not going to be the same as season seven because we got the new format. We got the new rules with extra time instead of taking the power away. We've got driver swaps with Degrassi going to Venturi and Gunter going to Nissan and Nissan and Roland going to Mahindra and all that lot. So it's not going to be the same, but it will. It's just going to be different. 
Fair enough. So to end the show, then I'm going to come up with some things we'd like to see, and I'm going to come up with um, a couple of things to tell you. I'm going to give you some scenarios, and I'm going to tell you if you think that they're going to happen in season eight because we're saying it's going to be so close, right? So I'm going to start off with Ed, and we're going to talk about Mitch Evans, right? Mitch Evans, it's the person I think in the Formula E field who is, is much loved by the fans. And someone who is respected as a, as a top quality driver, but it just hasn't clicked for one way or another in Formula E. It, well, it has, but it hasn't. Like, he hasn't really got the results he's wanted. He always seems quite disappointed that he failed to achieve something. You know, go back to New York when he was trying to win, and he ends up hitting the wall. Like, it just it doesn't work out for Mitch Evans. Does it work out for Mitch Evans? Can you see him winning multiple races this season? It is a bit weird to think that Mitch Evans has only won two races in his career. Rome 2019, or uh, it was season five, Rome. Very correct, yeah. With and also Mexico 2020. Those were the only two. And of course, it helps you going back to Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez this season, which I'm sure is music to Mitch Evans' ears, because he always seemed to excel at that track. Uh, I certainly think he can. Uh, it's just a matter of... Uh, how competitive uh, the Jaguar is because obviously even though there's not so much hardware development at all really with the Tabriz there's still a bit of software development that we saw the Jaguar wasn't always the most reliable as we saw in Berlin when Evans stalled from third on the grid and ended up being collected by uh, Mortara which was basically the end of his uh, look at what was looking up to very promising at that point his very promising title hopes so Mitch Evans will certainly be hoping to uh, at least uh, once again get down to the final race in with a chance of the championship and uh, yeah certainly him and Sam Bird I think we'll just be hoping that Jaguar in the mix and I think from Jaguar's point of view they don't care which one wins really they certainly seem to work pretty well together as a team last season so let's hope that continues because uh, that, that can only be good news for uh, the competitiveness of the championship when you've got strong teams like Mercedes and Tachita uh, knocking around Pico Antonio Giovinazzi Comes from F1, moves to Dragon, only has a couple of days testing, misses the last day of testing. Is it going to be a flop or is it going to be a success? Answers on a postcard, please. Um, yeah, uh, I I don't know. I uh, I uh, I think that I think what he brings from F1 is pure speed. I think uh, he will be incredibly quick. Uh, it'll be like what Jean Eric Verne was in season one. He was quick in qualifying but when it came to the races Vern would usually fall back throughout that season yes he got a couple podiums I, th I think in the Andretti in season one but he would never like properly challenge for a, for a, for a win that season and um and yeah I think it's um I think he and Dan Tictum they're gonna they're gonna have a big old fight towards the back I, I i think i think the aim for both of them should be points uh, on a few occasions but um i don't see them i don't see them cracking the top 15 in the championship okay interesting 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 ed will lucas de grassi win the championship with venturi I could see it happening. Uh, <laughs> um, I sort of hope it doesn't, though. I sort of hope Mortara wins, as I've said before. I think when I've been he asked me this, uh, <laughs> out of the two, I'd be much happier to see Eduardo Mortara walk away with the champion, especially because he 
again, one of the people that came really close last season and was just picked by uh, De Vries, not helped by um, Michevin stalling in front of him and Matara breaking his back. I, um, I really hope Ido's okay, actually. I think he's definitely had the off-season to recover, and it'll take more than that because he had a big crash in um, practice for Diria last year as well when the brake power wire system failed So um, and he hit the barrier. So um, he's a tough lad, Ido. I'm sure he'll be fine. And uh, I certainly think him being in the Venturi team for so long and being clearly everyone at Venturi absolutely loves Ido Mortara. So I think um, I, I think he'll be, at least to start with, he'll have a little bit of an advantage. But Degrassi, of course, very clever, uh, very um, brilliant on his strategies. So I can't deny that. So I think Degrassi will certainly be a threat. And uh, I, I could see some big fireworks between those two, actually, as the season goes on. I don't quite see Venturi taking the championship. I think it's going to be someone else who uh, uh, takes it. But I certainly wouldn't count them out. Uh, and if one of them does that, I hope it's Ido and not Lucas. Because obviously they performed so well with that Mercedes powertrain. And obviously with the field being more competitive and how competitive Venturi were this season, I don't think you can count it out. Even though there's already talk of Degrassi being on the move for um, for season nine already. Pico has his hand up. He's like, I want to speak. And I'm like, go on then, Pico. What have you got to say? Because I, I was going to kind I, of throw I, this back to you yeah, as well. No. I, I, okay, if, 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 if you're going to throw this back to me on the, the Venturi thing. Right, okay. Uh, in the mock qualifying format, both uh, Degrassi and Mortara qu- uh, top the qualifying groups. Uh, they are looking in extremely rapid. And uh, I said this off air to both of you before we started this, but I'm going to say it now. I think if Venturi don't come top three in the constructors, I think it would be a disappointing season for them. And that 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 is that is my bold prediction for this season. They they should come top three in constructors this year. Right, I'm liking this. I'm liking this little segment that we got here. Right then, to finish off the episode, then one thing you boys would like to see could be a driver, could be something that you want to see this season or someone you want to do well or some something to happen i'll start with ed first okay i know it's a can of worms uh there's there's quite a few things uh i can narrow down obviously i'd love to see all of it every win a race but that's again dreamland so <laughs> so i think um i would love to see oliver roland uh he's talked about like wanting to win titles uh at mahindra I really would love to see him excel because uh, I think he's, bit, he's an absolutely brilliant attacking driver. We've seen some amazing qualifying laps from him and uh, a race, one race win. I would love to see him add to that. And I think um, Hindra could be the car to achieve that in. I really, we haven't talked much about Envision. I really think um, I really think Envision came really close to winning the team's championship last season. I think they will do it this season, especially with they're essentially the factory Audi team now. Uh, in, well, at least in name, because Audi have left. So, um, so I think Nick Cassidy and Robin Fryns are going to be a huge threat. I would be very surprised if we get to the end next season and neither of them wins a race because they didn't win any races last season, but they were still in the hunt because they were really consistent. So, uh, I think uh, that's going to change. I think they're going to luck in and win a couple of races that the fact like last year the actual the factory Audi team won, but the customer team didn't. So, I think that's going to reverse what well, has to because the factory Audi team's not there. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting myself mixed up in my yeah. brain. I'm not so, answering the questions. <laughs> so, so I'll throw over to Pico then. What is the one thing you're really looking forward to in Season 8 or one thing that you'd really like to happen? 
Okay, so this is going to be a really kind of cheesy answer that you guys are going to moan about after we go off air and everything. But the thing that I'd love to see by the end of this season is Formula E get the credit it deserves because it's a mega series and just the amount of times people kind of like push it to one side and say that it's a gimmicky series. Yes, it yes it has gimmicks, but it produces fantastic racing. And we will prove that the, the, we don't have to do it artificially through a qualifying format this season. That 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 is my aim. So by the end of this season, what I want to see is Formula E getting the credit that it deserves for being a mega championship. Never going to happen, PK. <laughs> Never, Never going to happen because they will always shift the goalposts. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. I suppose it's only fair that I do one then. So for me, you know what I'm really looking forward to see? I'm really looking forward to see the rise of Sebastian Boemi. Because I think last season was a bit of a dip. He's on a bit of a downward spiral. He's still a great driver. At the end of the day, this this man could have won three titles easy. He could have been a triple Formula E champion if things went his way. He's only got that one championship. I think there's still a driver in there for Sebastian Boemi. So I think Sebastian Boemi will win more than one race this season. So there we go. And then the more than one race could make him a title contender, never knowing how this championship is going to go. So that's the one thing I'm looking forward to. If you're, if you still got this far into the episode and you're in the YouTube comments, or if you're on a podcast channel that does comments as well, put your comments. What are you looking forward to seeing in season eight? It'd be great to see, great to see what people would like to see. And I also think it's going to be a big season for Alexander Sims. I really do. I think it's going to be a big season for Alexander Sims and that Mahindra. You know, with Oliver Rowland, I'm really interested to see how he performs this season. Boys, it's been a pleasure as always. It's been great to be back. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to you going absolutely insane over some silly controversy that's almost certainly going to happen at some point or other and be blown up into something way bigger than it actually is if last year was anything to go by. But I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm uh, looking forward to being jet lagged for half of this year. But yeah, uh, roll, roll on, Diria. Can't wait. Exactly. And I was going to do, do the Roy Keane thing. That's our job, right? It's our job to <laughs> to spice up the controversy, to make it interesting, right? It's our job. But yes, before we go, Pico is jetting around the world. It's Pico's on tour. We mentioned this in the... Pro- um, pro- provisionally in Diria. We'll, provisionally, yeah, right? Yeah. Treading waters at the moment. Um, but, but yes, for the rest of, we, we, we hope that this season we're going to have someone on site at every single race this year. So, yes. Yeah, so, which, be will be, which will be awesome and that means we can really like ramp up our coverage um, of the championship season on YouTube, on social media, on the website as well. So we're really, really looking forward to that. So I suppose what we'll do... I suppose next time we do an episode, you'll probably be back from Diria. We'll have our, you know, the race, post-race, and find out everything that's happened after the first two races of the season. I'll be sunburned. Yeah, potentially, yes. I'll be sunburned by the next time you see me. (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see what happens. So two weeks, it literally is two weeks. Come Friday, by the time this podcast is out, it'll be two weeks to the race. So enjoy the race. Um, please stay tuned to all the social media um, outlets on or for us in terms of Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, um, which Mr. Pickering is now running. Um, so, and to find out everything that, that happens uh, over the next couple of weeks. Thank you so much for watching. We've been Formula Rezone. Um, goodbye.